All right, let's rise from our seats again to receive our scripture for today. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 15. Uh, please pay a careful attention to God's word. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing, God, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now I invite Pastor Sam to deliver God's word to us today. Can we say hello to the person left and right? Hello. Say a good hello. Good, good Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. All right. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for giving us this time. And Lord, we pray. Help us to know the word. Help us to hear the word. Help us to give attention to the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A friend comes up to you and uh, he invites you to a seminar. And it's, it's exclusive. Uh, and it's, the title of the seminar is How to Win or How to Gain a Million Dollars Within a Year. Whoa, all right. And so he gives you this invite only, this exclusive invite to this seminar. And you do your research because you want to make sure like it's not some kind of scam. Like, you know, do I have to give like $1,000 and then every month and that's how I get a million dollars? So you do your research. <clears throat> you even go to your friend like, hey, is this real? Your friend go, went through the seminar. He shows you his bank account or her, he shows you her bank account. Million dollars. And now, and you, as you do your research, you find that the people who have actually attended the seminar, that they, are, they really got a million dollars. And now your interests are peaked. Very, very peaked. You're excited now. You, what do you do? You put it on your phone. That day, that day of the seminar, you got to put reminders. you got to put on your calendar. you got to put alarms. you just got to put everything so you remember. You're going to go to sleep every night thinking about what you're going to do with a million dollars. You're going to wake up every morning so excited with thinking about what, you, you know, what, it, what does it feel like for a person with a million dollars to wake up. They work the same way as we do, but you're, you're just so excited. 
you tell your mom and dad too. And so when that day comes, you're like your mom, she's like, you know, she makes you wear a suit. I don't know why, but she makes you wear a suit that day for the seminar. And then your dad drives you there an hour early because he, he's so excited too. Like, oh man, like, you know, he, he, you know, and you're like just as you're driving there, you're constantly excited. And you, you know, you want to be one of those people where when you, when you buy food, you know what I'm talking about? And then like they have 80 cents of change, but you're like, keep the change. Because you have so much money. You know what I'm talking about? Like you want to be those cool people. But for us, we're like, 80 cents, I need that. I need that. Five cents, I need that. <clears throat> but there you are. You're there hour early. Sit right up at the front. Because you want to absorb every, everything this person says. And then you have your laptop too. No one has their laptop but you. And you're writing every word down. You even have your cell phone out because you want to record, re-listen to it. Because you want to make sure you want to get a million dollars, right? And then after that seminar... Your life changes, right? You live based on whatever you've learned, whatever that seminar was about. Your, your, your life is now based on that because within a year, that's the promise. You can get a million dollars. Whether you believe it or not, Christianity holds the position, whether you believe it or not, that the Bible that we read and teach and share shows us the way to have eternal life. Now, I don't know about you, but what is better, a million dollars or eternal life? Which one? I think eternal life, even if you don't believe it though, isn't this worth investigating? Isn't this worth our intention? And yet here we are at this very like, we do this every week, but why is it so hard to pay attention during a sermon? Have you ever thought about that? Like why am I using my phone during worship? Why do I have AirPods in my ears right now? Why, why do I find myself talking to my friends and not being able to pay attention during service? And hey, guys, I'm not trying to say this to call you all out and basically say you're all in trouble. Ooh, that's not the purpose. But what I am trying to say is in this imaginary scenario where we're able to get a million dollars, million dollars, we already imagine ourselves like really paying attention to that. And yet here we are in real life, in real time, and we're talking about a real way to get eternal life, whether you believe it or not, but a real way, and yet our attention is radically different, isn't it? And we got to think about that, like why? What, what, what's going on? Why can't I listen to a sermon? Why can't I listen and read God's word? And hey guys, I'm not just saying this to you guys. Adults, we also have the same problem too. You go to the adult service, they're also doing the same exact thing. See, there's something going on here. There's something going on in our nature and in our heart. What is it? Something is at work to prevent us from receiving the word of God. And Jesus explained this by way of parable, especially as he talks about these four different soils. Why is it so hard to listen to God's word? Or the title of my sermon is, Why are sermons so boring? Why are they so boring? And so I hope we want to look at this passage and see what is it that's at work. Why can't I listen to God's word? Let's take a look. You first see the first soil and its path and birds. Uh, Essentially, the seeds are falling. The sower is throwing seeds onto the ground. And then the first set of seeds, they they fall into a path. And here's some observations we can make. And this is a really good way to read your Bible. Just take some time to make some observations. Out of all the four seeds, this is the only seed that does not grow. There's absolutely no growth that happens here with this seed. And the reason why it does not grow 
is because it's in a hostile, it's in a hostile environment. It's in a hostile environment. Let me show you what this means. You, you guys ever go nature walking? And as you're all, you know, there's one right here, right behind our church. But if, as you guys go nature walking, right? Sometimes as you're walking, what, you know, that main road that you're walking on. And as you're walking on it, there's some, sometimes there's like side off-road paths. Do you know how you know those side off-road paths? Like it's like a bunch of greenery like this. And right next to it, there's like this small dirt path there. You know what I'm talking about? Imagine in your head. Why, how did that dirt path happen? Because essentially people kept stepping on it, right? The first person stepped on it. And so the greens kind of like got all down and like all wrinkled. And then the next person came, oh, someone walked there. And then they, over time and over time and time again, because they did that, that basically that environment became hostile. People kept stepping over it. They kept damaging the plant. And so because you keep damaging the plant, there's no growth then. And that's why there's just a dirt path. And there's no growth there anymore. You could plant a seed there. And there's sometimes there's things that sprout, but the more people trample on it, it dies. The reason why the seed is not growing is because it's in a hostile environment. And because it's in a hostile environment and because now the seed doesn't, the, the, the ground is way too hard for the seed to get into the ground. And so before it can get into the ground, the birds come up and they snatch it away. Those are some observations. Now let's, what does this mean? What does this mean? Here's the first thing. Why are sermons so hard to listen to? It's because you are in a hostile environment. You know, I had friends growing up, <clears throat> people that I've been around, conversations that I've had, and they've said some really uh, like marvelous things. And marvelous in the sense that it was anti-Christian. And it affected my soul. It affected my thinking. You know, there was a recent television show. I'm not going to name it. But there was a recent television show that I think like 80% of you all watched this past year. And you, as you watch that show, it is highly anti-Christian. Directly and very subtly. Uh, another big thing is I, I was a really big user of Reddit like a couple of years ago. And Reddit, if you know Reddit, it is also very anti-Christian. And because I've been consuming that, it's, it's been affecting my worship. It's been affecting my life. See, it, I was in a hostile environment and I was getting trampled on, essentially. And my heart was hardening because other things and other people, I invited other people to trample over my heart. And so when the word of God came, when Sunday came, it was hard to receive the word of God. It was hard because I had all these thoughts and I had all these things that were plaguing my mind. And it was hard to receive the word of God. And I didn't really care for it at times. I didn't want to pay attention to it. It wasn't worth my time. And I'm not proud of this, but when I was in high school, I remember my friend and I, because my, the pastor who would speak for us, she didn't speak English well. And I'm not proud of this but we would make fun of her. You know, like that spirit and that heart that was so hardened, it prevented us from hearing God's word. I let things trample my heart. And my heart was so hardened, that seed wouldn't go through. That's one of the reasons why it's so hard to hear God's word, because we're in a hostile environment. We're in an environment right now where it's constantly trampling over us. So when there's seeds, there's no growth because people keep trampling over it. And this leads to our second point. Why is it so hard to listen to God's word? Why are sermons so boring? Because we're in a hostile environment. Our hearts are hardened. They're hardened. Satan thrives in hostile environments because the seed then never takes root. 
When we are in hostile environments, we are in the hands and grips of Satan because now when the word of God comes, he snatches it right away. A pastor says this, the ear is the gate to the heart. The ear is the way to listen to God's word, to receive this beautiful, great news of God. And that's what Satan does then. And if that is true, what Satan does is his objective is to separate the heart from the word. That was his main strategy with Adam and Eve. The first thing that he did with them was he questioned God's word. Did God actually say? And he started to begin to harden their heart. That is Satan and his, and his objective for all of us here. He was here to snatch that word away before we can even take root in our lives. You see the text. The, the bird does not snatch the person away. The bird snatches the seed away, which the seed is the word of God. What does this look like specifically? I might be speaking very ambiguously, but let me share more specifically what this means. You know, we're in a culture today that depicts uh, the, uh, it, the way that it illustrates and shows Christianity as, I mean, think about it. You know, wh- when you talk about Christianity in your schools or amongst your friends, especially non-Christian friends, what is their view on it? I remember I was, I was talking to a pastor from San Francisco, <clears throat> and he said to me, you know, in, in the East Coast, you guys, you guys can kind of, declare and share to people that you are Christian. But in San Francisco, if you ever share to anybody in the street, for example, that you are Christian, they'll curse at you. That's what he said to me. I was like, oh, wow. You know, we live in a time where Christianity is like, Christianity is seen as something that is uh, really not what it is, right? For example, Christianity equals anti-abortion. Christianity equals or Christianity hates the LGBTQ community. And guys, these are, those are very, these are very important matters. These are very important, very complicated, nuanced conversations. But because we're getting these sound bits, right, and we hear from our friends, like is it passing comment or we hear from our teachers? Christianity discriminates against people. The church does this to people, that to people. But I want to tell you this, and, I, and this is going to sound weird, I think, but here's the truth. No one is saved based on their position on the abortion argument. God doesn't ask you at the final day, what do you believe in abortion? And that's how you'll be saved. No. But you see, we've made these little sound bits. And that's what Satan did. He made these sound bits everything. And so important. So that's why it's so hard to listen to God's word. Because what I think, Pastor Sam, what you're preaching is a, pre- is, is a sermon of hatred. And I've already judged you. And hey, I guess I'm not blaming you. That's what Satan is doing to our generation. And our hearts are hardening. That ultimately we are not saved based on what position to have. We're saved based on faith in Jesus alone. And that's what we need to hear. And that is really where the power of God must be shared and preached. I don't blame you, nor do I shame you. If that's what you feel, please, I hope you don't feel that way. This is just what the enemy is doing to us and is causing us not to listen to God's word, not wanting to hear God's word. One of the things that I've been very convicted of, especially this year, I've been praying, is that we need to have more of these conversations together. I think there are some hush-hush topics, like topics you shouldn't talk at church. I think we need to have those topics at church. Because if we're not, then someone else is. 
And I think having these conversations can really bring and unfold this dark web that Satan constantly plagues our hearts and our ears from hearing God's word together. So one of the things and one of my prayers is that we would have really healthy conversations in a community where we can have these transparent dialogues. And I know many of you have genuine, honest questions about Christianity. We hope that this could be a place where we can dialogue about that. And I think by doing this in faith, I believe we're going to start undoing the kingdom of Satan. And then the kingdom of God will begin to start taking root in our lives. Second, the second soil is rock and dryness. And so the rock now falls into the second soil, which is the rock. And let's make some, again, let's make some observations here for this one. There is growth. There's some growth, but it withers. And the reason why it withers, because there was no water. Why is there no water? Because a rock does not hold water. The rock does not, a rock does not hold and contain water. Only soil does. It does not last because there is no place for the seed to take root. The rock is not beneficial for the roots. The rock is the wrong environment for the root. Okay, so observations. What does this mean for us? The reason why it's difficult to listen to God's word is because it lacks purpose. It lacks purpose. Uh, you know, we enjoy, you, you, you can enjoy hearing God's word. You know, like this sermon, you might be enjoying it. Like, oh, okay, Pastor Sam's kind of going in a different direction. I like it. It's in kind of intriguing my mind. I receive it with joy. We like learning about God. And, you know, especially if you go for a promised land, we, we know a lot of Bible things. When you play Bible Jeopardy, I think our church is number one. <laughs> but while these truths are clear to us, they're not real to us. It's kind of like this. You know, when you, I know all of, many of us, I'm sure, have thought this uh, through. Here you are, you're taking geometry, you're taking trigonometry or taking calculus. And then you come to a point where you think, what's the point? <laughs> like, when I'm 30 years old, will I be doing trigonometry? Will I be, and when I'm at the cashier register, will I be doing geometry, Right? We think about that. I thought about that. I'm 32 right now. I don't do any geometry. <laughs> I, don't, I could care. I don't. I forgot everything. But you know, we go through these classes, and it's fun. Like you, you know, it's cool to learn these like cool things. And you know, school is some classes. It's amazing. But what's the point? When we graduate, all gone. Just, just information that we've learned, and then now we just pass right by. The reason why. Listening to God, God's word is difficult. It's because Christianity, sometimes we treat it like geometry. It's just a class that we take. It's just something cool that we learn. Something to pass by time. Something that we have to do because our parents are making us come out to church. Sure, we enjoy it. It's cool to learn these concepts. But after we graduate and move on to adulthood, our faith fades away. We learn these truths, but it doesn't change our lives. The word of God is not taking root and not resulting in change. How many servants have we heard to be salt and light? How many, guys have you, how many sermons have you guys heard that? How many sermons have you heard to be living sacrifices for God? I'm sure you guys have heard many of those sermons. And yet, there's no change. We know the concepts. We know when the preacher is going to preach. We kind of know where he's going to go. And yet, there's absolutely no change. Hearing we're hearing, but we're not listening. There's a difference, right? We're hearing it, but we're not really listening. I'm, I'm sure some of your parents have said that. You're hearing, but not listening. That's what my wife says very often. And that's what Jesus was saying. He who has ears, let him hear. 
He's saying uh, everyone has ears, but he's saying, are you really listening? Are you hearing? Imagine this. You're like, imagine I have a rock and I pour water all over that rock. Just imagine. You already, you, all of you know this physical attribute. When I pour water all over that rock, what happens to that water? It'll just slide right through that rock. Slide right through. So it is with our heart. And we hear God's word. It's like that. Water, and it just slides right through. You know, we, we have another saying, in, in one ear, out the other. That is the way, and that's why it's so difficult to listen to God's word. Because we're listening to it, and it just slides right through. It doesn't absorb that water. It doesn't take that water as nutrition. It's just something that we listen, and then we move on. And the reason why this happens, and second point, is the reason why it is difficult to listen to God's word is because we have a shallow heart. Shallow heart. Mm. See, the rock is not a place for growth. Seed plus rock equals nothing. It doesn't work. Seed and rock does not work together. They're not made for each other. And the reason why the rock, the rock is what prevented the, the root from growing, both in its hardness and its inability to take water. So here's the question now. Let me try to make it more specific. Who is Jesus to you? Why does Jesus matter to you? Think about this for a moment. Who is Jesus to you? I grew up poor growing up. And I remember watching my parents talk about their financial uh, hardship. I remember even living in times where they didn't know whether or not they could make rent. I remember my mom struggling to find ways to pay for some bills like electricity and water. I remember as a kid watching that from a very young age, that feeling of despair, that feeling of hopelessness, that concern. I was always worried for my parents. One of my greatest wishes was that I would win the lottery for them. But as I learned about who Jesus was, I realized that Jesus was somebody who I can get things from as a child. So there, that's who Jesus was to me. I thought Jesus would solve my family's problems. I thought Jesus would come and make my family rich. I thought Jesus would come, as I'm learning about the Jesus in the Bible, that Jesus can come and solve everything because everything that God can do everything. And so passages like Moses and Egypt freeing people from slavery. I love those passages. I'm, I'm a slave of poverty. Please save me, Lord. But I remember as I've learned and I've been hearing God's word throughout my life, I've learned about the Philippian church. If you ever know about the Philippian church, they were incredibly poor. They were incredibly poor. And yet, if you read the book of the letter of, to the Philippian church, they had such deep joy. Even in their poorness, they were happy. There's this passage in uh, Philippians 4.11. Paul writes this. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. You know, he says this passage in the midst of him being in prison. He's lacking of food. He's, he's probably, like, his health is not well. He's, he's a mist of poor people. But when you read the book of Philippians, it is one of the most joyful books that you'll ever read. And it was through a long process where God began to reveal to me the nature and the person of who Jesus is, why Jesus came. 
You see, Jesus was more than just someone who would gift me with material wealth, but he would gift me with an everlasting eternal wealth by giving up his life. He became poor, someone who was so rich so that I would receive his wealth, his inheritance that would last forever. The reason why it is difficult to listen to God's word is because our need for Jesus is actually not aligned with his mission. Do you get that? It's kind of like, like a baby's toy, right? You have a, a cylinder peg and it is a triangle hole and you're trying to put that cylinder peg into that triangle hole and it's not working. And in the very same way, the way that we view Jesus is not what he was meant to do. You know, we like Jesus the motivator. Jesus, motivate me to study more. Motivate me to get better grades. Motivate me so that I would finally get my parents off my back. The Jesus who provides. The Jesus who loves. The Jesus who solves my problems. The Jesus who makes my life better. The Jesus who heals. Jesus the friend. Jesus is, are these things, but he's more than that. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord, and I had to learn that. And when I got to see Jesus as Lord, I began, my, my life began to change. When you see Jesus as Lord and understand why he came for you and for me, it is life-changing, absolutely life-changing. He didn't just come to save me from my suffering. He came me to save me from my sin, to bring me in relationship to God once again. And so whether I am poor, whether I am rich, whether I am in great health, or whether I am dying of health, my heart is content because I am with the Lord and the Lord is with me. The goal of Christianity is not just to inform, but to transform. Third, the third soil is thorns and choking. Thorns and choking. Now, let's make some observations again. The third seeds, they fall into thorns. Out of the three, this seed grows the most. There's a lot of growth on this one. Okay, good. It has moisture. It has roots. But the problem is, is that it was planted with thorns. So as it is growing, if you know anything about uh, plantology, I don't know the word right now, but if you know anything about plants, and I don't really know much, but as the plant is growing, just imagine that thorn plant is also growing with it. And as the, the plant is growing, it's getting taller, that thorn plant is also wrapping itself around that plant. And because their roots are all now entangled and they're all sharing nutrients, eventually then thorn is going to win. It's going to take all the nutrients from that plant. And eventually, because it also has thorns, it's going to prevent growth. And because it prevents growth, it doesn't produce fruit. And because it doesn't produce fruit, it withers and it dies. And the thorn wins. What does that mean? The reason why it is difficult to listen to God's word is because we have a divided heart. What do you call a, man, uh, what do you call a, a person who is married? And they also have a boyfriend and girlfriend. What do you call that person? A cheater. Yeah, I heard it. A cheater. A cheater, right? Imagine this, guys. Like, you know, one day when a man and woman, they marry, and they're called to be exclusive to one another. And there I am, and, you know, when you guys get of age, and I will marry you guys to, your, to whoever you're going to marry. And it'd be great if I saw some, like, you know, JG students. And, but anyway, but we, here I am, and I'm marrying you guys. And um, as there's this question where, you, where I, I share this vow, and then you say... The two magic words, right? I do. And what you're saying when you say I do is, yes, I, I agree. Till death, 
I'm going to be committed to you all the days of my life. But what you're also saying when you say I do, you're saying I will never for other people. I'm only committed to you. You're also saying no to other people, no to everybody else. But when you start saying yes in a relational aspect, you're cheating, you're, you're committing adultery, you're, you're hurting your spouse, and you're known to be a cheater. The reason why it is difficult to listen to God's word is because we have said yes, or we say yes, or we will say yes to too many other things. That's one of the reasons why it's so hard to pay attention to God's word. Because our hearts are divided. Our commitments are split. Our, we're, we're, we're just spread apart too much. And our time is just so then spread apart. The person, this person loves following Jesus. They love it. And there's growth as this passage shares. There's actual growth, but this person also loves other things as much as or even more than Jesus. And that's the, that's the, that's the reason why it's so hard to listen to God's word. I want to follow Jesus, but also I have to do sports on Sunday. And so I miss out on worship because it's important to be part of a team sport. I love Jesus, I love following, and I love listening to sermons, but it is better if I stay home and study for this test because my future depends on this test and the next test and the next test. I want to follow Jesus and read his word and pray, but also I have friends I need to hang out with to ensure my social status. Hmm. You know those words, FOMO, fear of missing out? There's another one, FOLO, fear of missing out, and then FOLO, which is fear of losing out. These are modern words and but these are very real, fear of missing out, right? I don't want to miss out on a social event. I don't want to miss out on being part with a certain circle of friends. I want to be that person. And so I have this fear of missing out as the world is transitioning and, and progressing. Or follow, fear of, uh, fear of losing out. I don't want to miss an opportunity to network for my future. I don't want to miss the opportunity so that I would have a better chance to get into a better college, so that I would have a better future with a better family and then a better ending. And we're driven by that. We're so driven by that. So that's why our hearts are so divided and we're, we're, our alliances are way too much. When Jesus calls for exclusive, exclusive, exclusivity, there comes to a point in life that here you are, you're, you can kind of deal with it now. You might be able to deal with it like, Pastor Sam, you know what? I, I agree with you, but not me. I can do everything. <laughs> and so here you are, here are these two roads, but what, eventually what's going to happen, it's going to diverge those two roads. It's not going to work. <clears throat> and at that point, you need to choose one or the other. According to this passage, when the thorns are part of the, the, the growth, the thorns win. That's why it's so hard to listen to God's word. Our hearts are divided. We're thinking of other things right now, things that we need to do. So we're not there. We're not here. Finally, the fourth soil Good soil and fruit is our final observation. The soil is good. Imagine it's soft, it's clean soil where the, the, the seed just falls right in. Like there's a crevice right there, it just falls right in, right into that dirt, very easy. When it grows, it doesn't just grow, it blossoms. And it results in fruit. It, it does what it was made to do, make fruit. And none of these three soils produced fruit, but this is the only one that produces fruit. What does this mean? This is the heart that listens to God's word with such fervency and attemptedness. The soil is not hardened, but it is soft. Just as the passage shares, it holds fast because it's so precious. It's hold fast because it's not rock 
where the water slides right through. No, it's soil. So whatever water comes, you retain as much water as possible. You soak it all in with an honest heart that is humble, teachable, and available. Excited to see God's word result in actual fruit with patience because this fruit takes time to grow. Because it is clear of thorns. My alliance is to Jesus. My eyes are to him. And so I will not be distracted. I will grow deeply with the Lord. Now, as I shared this last one, I don't know about you, because as I was writing this, you can feel very discouraged just what I shared. Because when you hear that, you're like, oh gosh, like I could see myself the first three. Like I, Pastor Sam, I'm the first soil, the second soil, and the third soil. And like I'm all three of those things. So am I. You know, we can really fall into this idea that Jesus only loves fourth soils, the good soil. That's the person that all you need to be. You might be hearing this sermon and basically what I'm trying to tell all of you is you all need to be good soil in order for God to bless you. And that would be far from the truth. Everybody, please listen to that. That would be far from the truth. My goal and my objective as a pastor is that not that you would be better soil. You know, the disciples, when you hear the disciples right now, were they all good soil? No. They all had their rest. They all had their dirt too. They all had their rocks and their thorns and all these things. But Jesus continually shared to them God's word. He was faithful to them. He loved them and he was patient to them. He was the one. See, he was the one. You know, uh, imagine this. A farmer stands in front of a plot of land and that plot of land is just, you know, there's a, people walk through it. It's a high traffic place. So people are trampling over it. There's rocks on this side. There's thorns on this side and weeds and all these things. And then the, the farmer says, I'm going to use this land to make my plot of land. I'm going to use this land to grow my crops so I could start making money. And then the other farmers come and they say, that is, that is foolish. There's so many other good lands out there. Why would you use this land? Just this land is useless. This land is pointless. Just, just, just abandon it. Focus on other ones. But this farmer says, no. I'm going to transform this plot of land with my blood, sweat, and tears. I will make it beautiful. I will make it wonderful. I will die for this land so that there will be life. I hope many of us understand that is the Jesus that we have. Jesus who will be faithful to you even though we have rocks, even though we let things trample over us, even though there are thorns, Jesus will not give up. It comes to a point where you come to realize, why doesn't Jesus give up on me? Why does he foolishly keep planting seeds on my hardened, rocky, thorny heart? Why does Jesus care so much about me? Because he loves you and he loves me. That he will not stop until his seed grows. That is the sower and that is who Jesus is. He will never stop. God does not save us because we are good. God saves us because he is good. And so the point of the passage, my, my point of my sermon is, hey, everybody, I want you all to stop using your phones. I want you all to take out your AirPods. No, 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 you're missing the point. I want you to know who Jesus is. 
I want you to know he's worth our attention. He's worth our time. And you might not be. At this season of your life, you're just, you're just not there. That's okay. I'm not here to judge you. You know, I've, I've caught some people using their phones, and then they're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they put it right away. I know. I pray for you. I pray for you. I know right now maybe this isn't the time, but I want to extend to you the love of grace because I want to think about what Jesus would do for you too. That we would come together to know who Jesus is. So this passage is not some like your eternal destiny. <laughs> like this is your life. Like this is it. If you're the thorns, this is your life now. That's not what this passage is about. But the more we're open to listen to God's word, he will do the work. For those who have hardened hearts, Jesus will demonstrate to you that he is more powerful than Satan and he will defeat Satan's kingdom with truth. And that truth will topple down his kingdom. And once you're in the hands of Christ, he makes this promise to us. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Same word. No one will snatch anybody out of my hand. Once you're in the presence of Jesus, Satan has no more power over you. Second, for those who have shallow hearts, what Jesus will do is that he will reveal to you his person. He will reveal to you his character. He will reveal to you why he has come. That everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is Lord. For those of us who have divided hearts, wrestle with thorns, Jesus will show you he is worth it. He is worth it. That Jesus came so that we would have life to the full. That even though we are constantly cheaters to Jesus, we're constantly cheating against him. Although we're supposed to be married to Jesus, we're here we are, we're cheating. Jesus is the faithful husband who will constantly be faithful. And the more you get to hear the word of God, man, you will blossom. You will grow. Time over time as you walk with God. And there will be a time where you will be that friend. And you'll share with them and you'll invite them to a seminar titled, How to Receive Eternal Life. And there they are as they hear about Jesus Christ. And they get to receive eternal life. And you can be with that friend. And you can call that person brother and sister, family. That's what Jesus does. Uh, in April, for both of our ministries, All Stars, you guys will be going to a retreat. Very exciting. I hope that retreat will be a place where you can receive the word of God. You can hear and even if you're not there, if you're, even if you're just going there for your friends, hey, that's okay. That's okay. You know, sometimes we think we need to have the right intentions in order for God to bless us. No, not at all. God will bless us because he loves us and he's good. And so I hope many of you attend the All Stars Retreat, to attend and to listen to God's word, to receive God's word, and also to spend time with friends, to spend time and grow in ministry. Man, I love that. I love retreats. For JG, one of the cool things that we're planning for is we want to do, uh, we, we, there's no uh, word for this right now, but we want to do a praise night where we can invite our non-Christian friends and through skits and body worship and all these variety of things that we want to prepare, we want to just show them who Jesus is. And sometimes it might be a little bit too overwhelming to come to a Sunday worship service. So like on a Saturday night where there'll be food and you know, hopefully there'll be some like good vibes People can get to know who Jesus is. Now, and we want to share that actually next week where how you can get plugged into this and how you can start to make an impact, especially here in this community. So they, people will get to know who Jesus is. Not to make KCPC great, but to make God's name great. Can we pray?
God, we thank you for this time. And Lord, we pray. Heavenly Father, we pray. Lord, may there be such a movement that it's not about fixing ourselves so that we would be blessed, but rather, Lord, that, Lord, you would come and fix our hearts. That you are the sower. That you are faithful. Whether we have rocky, hardened hearts, we have thorns, Lord. You're constantly just sharing the word to us over and over and over again faithfully. And yes, while there is a lot of undoing that may need to be done, there's a lot of uprooting, there's a lot of shoveling, but yet, Lord, you are the one who loves us, who will always be with us. And so, Lord, may there be just a more listening to your word. And Lord, may we know who this person is. And as we see your faithfulness, we ask why, Lord, why are you this person? And you reveal to them, because I love you. I've come for you. You can come to me. Lord, may there be such change and transformation, but that this wouldn't just be a time of information, but truly a time where we would be transformed. The word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.